Hello, welcome to. Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice and the Numbers, your statistic and sports podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corwin Heller, who can't hear anything right now. So I'm just assuming it's my turn to speak. And he nailed it, folks. <laughs> um, welcome to the show. It is uh, Sunday, September 12th, right about 5 o'clock here on the East Coast. Uh, coming at you after the 1 p.m. games have wrapped up in the NFL, and that is intentional because both of our teams were playing the 1 o'clock games. And, well, we didn't feel like waking up early, and we didn't feel like missing a, a snap, so here we are. Um, so we have a handful of games in the books for today. We will not be talking about it too much because um, that is not this week's jam or today's episode's jam. Today's episode will be a uh, yearly staple for for two of the three major sports that we talk about most, and that is the NFL bold predictions. Corbin just zoomed in on his, and it was very strange. Um, NFL bold predictions. So um, (laughs) Corbin has a very frustrated look on his face, and I do not think he's ready to continue going with this amidst technical difficulties. But uh, <laughs> hold on. Start recording. We're recording again. What happened? I panicked because I didn't have my headphones in in time to start doing this, and so I was rushing to make sure that I could get my headphones in in time to not. You saw me fumbling. You knew exactly. Yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the process, I mash the bluetooth button so many times in a row <laughs> trying to get it to connect uh that it just completely broke it and um it just completely froze up and my goodness it's just um and i think they just disconnected again so so do we need to pause again for a restart or or are you good i think i'm good but Miracles Miracles do happen, folks. No, it just kicked me again. All right. I I guess you'll step aside in the wake of technical difficulties so Corwin can restart his laptop. It's working Um, again. I don't know. I'm not doing anything. I don't know. Should we? All right. All right. Should we start with awards? Let's just jump into things. Corwin. It's done. All right, we are we are back, fresh off of a five minutes technical issue, but it has been resolved. Corwin can hear and speak. Yeah, he is no longer experiencing a, uh, um, oh my God, Helen Keller like situation. <laughs> he is now surprisingly accurate. Yes, yeah, yeah. He, he is now fully amongst the. Uh, Sighted, sounded, and audible bill. I don't know what that word would be. Uh, but who gives a fuck? Uh, so I guess we're starting with the awards where we typically do. Corwin, I do not. Uh, every year we do this three times a year. And every time I forget how our spreadsheets are oriented against each other's. The first thing I have is rookie of the year stuff. Is it you in the same boat? I've never done rookie of the year first. I always go most important to least important. Um or at least most prestigious to least prestigious. So I would start with MVP and then work my way down. 
All right. Well, then, uh, you want to start for awards, or do you want to start for bold predictions? Uh, I like doing awards first. All right, go ahead. Give me your. I mean, like you first, and then me. Like, do you want to start? Do you want to be the person who goes first for awards? Or the person who goes first for. You bold? started first the last time we did something, so I'll start now. All right. Um, MVP. I had originally written Tom Brady in here because I watched Thursday Night Football and was like, I just can't not give it to him. But then I just was like, ah, I just, I hate him so much and I don't want him to just be Tom Brady forever. So I'm going to go with a, a little bit more of a sneaky pick, a guy who I think is going to throw for like 6,000 yards. Uh, I'm going to go Dak Prescott. Ooh, okay, okay. The fact that the Bucs are going to win a lot more games than the Cowboys is probably putting it in favor of Tom, but you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it, dude. All right. I, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I, I am also going, uh, out of the box on it. And well, I mean, it's tough to go. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers, which is tough to go at call out of the box, but I don't think, I think most of the dis- discourse around Rodgers <laughs> has been, wow, this, this Packers team is a nightmare. And I want to leave and more about his impending retirement on a greater sense of reality than Brady's. And I think that um, he has missed some of the discussion around the fact that he has been um, better than ever recently. And fucking why not, man? There's going to be a lot of focus this year on a lot of rookies. There's a lot of rookie and young quarterbacks that are all over the league, you know, the AFC East is entirely um, rookie quarterbacks or at least sub rookie contract quarterbacks. I'll put it that way. Um, and then plus you have guys like Joe, Joe Burrow over in the uh, in Cincinnati to attack of Aloha down in um, Miami. Well, that's the AFC East. That still counts for that. Um, oh, no. Who am I thinking? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. That's what I meant to say down in Jacksonville. Like it is so much focus on the young bucks that I think. Uh, Aaron Rodgers might be a sneaky good pick for MVP this year, considering how much attention is going to be paid towards these uh, younger dudes. But again, at, at the same time, it didn't feel right when I was thinking of saying uh, <laughs> under the a radar sneaky, pick, under Aaron Rodgers, sneaky pick, the reigning NFL MVP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, no, no, that's not the right way to put it at all. <laughs> you said that, it's just like, that is, it's like, yeah, you know, I think Garrett Cole is going to be a really great pitcher this year. This is, it's, I think it's his year. He's going to come out of nowhere and just steal away those strikeouts. I was going to say Cy Young, but he's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got what you mean. Um, oh. All right. All right. Uh, so next up, I got Offensive Player of the Year. Late on me. I'm going really far out of the box here. I think this guy is going to tear apart the NFL this year. Calvin Ridley, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, I thought you were being facetious. I was prepared for us no, to have no. the same pick on this. Um, no, no. Okay, interesting. Why Calvin Very Ridley? Upset. I think he's just due for just a blow-up season with Julio Jones gone. I mean, he already was so dominant last year. Put up just ridiculous numbers, I think, with um, him being the new number one. I think with that defense still being as awful as ever. So they're going to need to have to throw the ball quite a bit. Matt Ryan is still a good quarterback, even though everyone thinks he's washed up and shitty now. So I think Calvin really is going to uh, come out of nowhere. 
Not come out of nowhere because he had a great season, but you know, continue the the, the yeah. yeah increased production. I'm I'm with you. Um, I I went with what feels like the easy way out on this one. Who do you think I'm thinking of? Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. <laughs> there was a reason I thought we both had purpose yards today. Just like, oh, it was there. very, it was very um, validating seeing him destroy the Jets today because I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this was a good pick. Like, we were, Especially, Josh and I were texting about Sam Darnold, and it was just like, oh, he looks pretty consistent, and it's just like, yeah, just literally, just like. Tossing the ball, just like backyard style, just middle of nowhere. Just, hey, Christian McCaffrey, get as far away from anyone else as you can get. I'm going to throw it to you. And then you just do the Christian McCaffrey things and get like 10 yards every time. I mean, seriously, though, like one of the main drawbacks to having Sam Darnold as a quarterback is some very questionable decision making, both with the actual decisions being made and the speed with which they are made. And uh, hey, if you got Christian McCaffrey, that takes a big burden off your shoulder. There was a play in today's game where uh, uh, Darnold dropped back to pass, went to throw to McCaffrey. The pass wasn't there. So he did the pump fake, did his started back to his reads, then went back to McCaffrey, saw he was open and threw the ball to him. I mean, like, this is a man, this is, this really is like, look guys, it's, it's the fucking 89 bulls. Just shove the ball to Michael Jordan. <laughs> like yeah. there's no point in going anywhere else. We know where this, like if, if Darnold can just be Scotty Pippen this year, then McCaffrey is going to be MJ. <laughs> so yeah, I, I he mean, will carry you to the hall of fame. Yeah, and, and but far, but he will he will make you look good, right? And now that does you know hinder upon Sam Darnold being good enough to be Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen's no slouch, but yeah. I I mean like I said today he's been consistent, and again a lot easier to be consistent with that roster. But still, that was a major knock on Sam and his time in New York. Oh God, Zach Wilson almost threw a pick six today, and I was just so immediately drawn back to Sam Darnold's first game where his first NFL pass was a pick six. And I was like, no, <laughs> not again. Well, I mean, Hey, you can't forget James Winston's first pass was a pick six. So, and Tom Brady's, I think it was somebody's somebody huge was like a pick. Maybe six, it was Peyton. I don't know if it was Peyton. I think it was, I feel maybe everyone's first pass is a pick six. I want to say Dan Marino. I don't know why. I just I want to say. Oh, Dan the Marino. star of Ace Ventura. Yeah. Yeah. The actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I this up. You can continue on, but well, I no, it's you. your turn. You got to give me your. Uh, you go, you that was my, that was my pick. Offensive, offensive player of the year, Christian McCaffrey. Who you got for defensive right. player of the year? You go defense, so I can look this up. All right. So I my my initial inkling because he had been in the headlines recently and. You know, everyone is susceptible to some form of uh, guerrilla marketing, whether we'd like to think we are or not. What? Red five. Ah, uh, really? It wasn't one of the other like big guys. I, I, I could have sworn there was like a Brady or a, or a Manning in there too. Yeah, Hall of Famer Brett Five. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like one of those you know main goat conversation guys. I don't think Brett Favre's have included in those goat conversations. Um, rightfully so. I don't know. All right. It's not important. Um, so my first inkling was to put TJ Watt. And I'm also pretty sure you put TJ Watt. So I perhaps put TJ Watt. 
I decided not to put TJ Watt. And I decided to not do the dick thing, which is if I'm not going to put TJ Watt, then put Aaron Donald because that would just be mean. And it already happened. Like, I don't need that storyline to to happen because I I witnessed it with my eyeballs last year. So (laughs) I decided to, uh, you're the really underrated prospect here. Real up and cover. (laughs) Miles Garrett. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, real, real low key name. <laughs> um, uh, really, he's uh, he's yeah, been great. He had Garrett, a, he's so fucking good. <laughs> he's so fucking good, and and you know he's been he had a great season last year that obviously got a little bit overshadowed because CJ Watt and being in the same division and Aaron Donald mm-hmm. continuing just to do everything that he does. But I mean, Miles Garrett's still rather young. Like he is going to only be getting better, and. Yeah. Uh, there is a pretty decent chance with one, how fucking good he is already. And two, the fact that he is going to continue to get better. This could be a huge breakout year for him. Granted today, Chandler Jones had five sacks. So, I mean, I might as well just go fuck myself today. Two forced fumbles. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so many five sacks is more than a lot of players get in like a season. It's more than most players get in a season. It's more than most. Yeah. Like if you're number two pass rusher, has five sacks. That's a pretty good season. You you accept that. It's not ideal. He's not starring for you, but he he does what he needs to do. Yeah, yeah, for real. You 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 know, if you're two through four guys all collected five sacks and you had 20 sacks out of your like, you know, two through four guys, you'd be like or 15, you'd be thrilled. Yeah, Fucking pretty. thrilled. Yeah. So five in game one, that's eh, pretty good. Uh so anyway, yeah, that's what my defensive player of the year. I'm going with uh Miles Garrett. Uh, who do you who do you got, Corwin? Uh, Chandler Jones, you know, just really just thought <laughs> this was his year to break out, you know, just totally after the first half days ago. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I put TJ Watt. What a shocker! Uh, so I I couldn't do it to myself if he did just dominate after you know what happened last year and just went all out and just one damn thing. And I don't pick him, so I, I went with there were two stories that came out about how TJ Watts signed his contract. And I would like to know which one you believe now for anyone who is what's the pause. A Noah fan took a pass, caught it, was inside the 10 was going out of bounds as he was going out for a touchdown and a first down. A giants player rips the ball out of his hands as he's falling out of bounds, as they're both falling out of bounds, it drops on the ground and he jumps on it to recover before sliding out within like four feet. It was just a wild. It, you have no idea what I'm saying. And I'm such a bad, just what's the term for a uh, orator? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all the great orators usually stop to ask definitions of words in their <laughs> stories, but um, good play. But please continue. TJ watch contract. Do you do you choose to believe the story in which his manager got the uh, contract details from the GM and says, don't take it. We can get more on the on the market. And T.J. Watt stormed into um, Art Rooney, the second's office and was like, I'm taking the contract, bitch. Give me the money or the version where it happened like every other contract happens, where his manager was like, hey, I've got a deal on the table. Do you want to take it? And TJ Watt was like, yep, sounds good. Thanks, manager, man, and hung up. Because I've seen both reports happen now. 
I think it's exactly between the two where his manager came to him and was like, hey, we can get more money out of them. And Tijerot was like, no, take the contract we have. I'm, I don't want to sit out any games this season. I don't think he barged into his office and said, Art Rooney, you have a deal, and then spit on the floor. I also don't think it was just like, TJ, you, this is the contract, man, take it. This is, we got a great deal, season starting, let's do this. I think it was, we get more money here. No. I also find that just a little bit hard to believe because isn't it like the most guaranteed money for a defensive player of all time? Most money. Yeah. Most money? It's just, like It's just the highest paid defensive player ever. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was straight up highest paid or just in guaranteed dollars. I um, think it's not total contract, but AAV and guaranteed. Yeah, and so obviously that's not to say like he couldn't have gotten maybe slightly. It's not like he took a fucking hometown discount to stay you know what i mean like he's making more than ben roethlisberger i'm fairly certain it's a big fucking contract like that's what i find so hard to believe with that first version as much fun as a wwe style contract negotiation would be i do have quite the hard time buying that tj watt and i when i heard the story i pictured him in like those leather like spandex pants with like a WWE championship belt. Cause then everyone described him as going to go like to the weight room afterwards to go, you know, pump iron. And also it begs the question of who witnessed all this happen at the same time. Like who is telling the oral story of TJ Watts all day encounter with his manager, his GM and seemingly his weight room staff. That is a, like, we should know who this person is. There's there's lots of cameras and there's 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 very few people who spend an entire day with an NFL defensive end just unnoticed from the bushes and can hear his phone calls. (laughs) Oh, no, it's a weird story. But anyway, Uh, I don't care what the story is. I care that he is signed and playing and getting so much money from us for next year and the four years that follow I'm just so happy. Oh, my God. All right. So 2022 season. I guess we actually never did talk about this contract. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, The top five largest cap hits currently on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, 10.34 million. Minka Fitzpatrick, 10.6. Stefan Tuitt, 13.975. Cameron Hayward, 17.4 17.4 TJ Watt 31 million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many players I mean, and so 38? if you think about it from a medium term perspective, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's contract is coming off the books shockingly soon. And strong, strong chance you're just drafting another quarterback. You're probably not going to try to solve that problem in free agency. Um, so you might as well dish out TJ Watt's contract now and try drafting a guy. Yeah, it looks uh, the QB potential after this year doesn't look all that promising. I mean, Mason Rudolph, if we go to Mason Rudolph, I'm going to be sad because he just he just doesn't do anything for me. I don't think he does anything really for the team. I think he's just a body that 
won't lose us games too badly. Um, and I'd love to see Dwayne Haskins be something, but the hope is not quite there. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, yeah. 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 All right. Well, then let's let's uh, let's move it on over to uh, what do you got? Rookie of the years now. Let's see. Next up, I have offensive rookie of the year. Yep. All right. Who you got? Uh, I got Mac Jones. Um, I think this one is kind of a. I don't know if he's necessarily going to perform as the single best offensive player, but I think the fact of the matter is he's a quarterback starting from week one with a play caller in Bill Belichick and a head coach in Bill Belichick that is going to be able to morph this team to be built around him and, and play to his strengths. And I think being on a winning football team like the Patriots assuredly will be being a quarterback who does well, I think he's going to perform, you know, total numbers wise. I think he's going to put up the best numbers uh, out of the rookie quarterbacks. Um, and I think that'll be enough to kind of push him ahead of like the Jamar chases of the world. Devonta Smith's guys like that. This is pretty bold. Corwin Heller picking the fifth quarterback drafted and saying he's going to be the best. And given given this Corwin is- Heller's recent quarterback yeah. assumptions that uh, uh, Josh Allen would be bad, Justin Herbert would be bad, Kyler Murray would be bad. And I'm not saying I disagree with any of these, um, but I am saying that these are opinions he has very recently held that have all proven to be disastrous. Um, <laughs> I feel pretty confident that the Patriots now are no longer going to win like a single game this season. So thank you for that. Um uh, I went with a different rookie quarterback taken. And of course I I hang on to desperate quantities of hope wherever I can scrounge them up from. And so my offensive rookie of the year pick is Zach Wilson. (sighs) And, you know, he didn't have like a stellar game today. And I can speak to this since these games actually happened already. Um, But if it, if his stats had leveled out and his end results was more representative of the entire start, I probably feel fine. Uh, obviously Rocky first half, but it's uh, it's a jets team that is entirely new, new coaching staff, new quarterback, new wide receiver one, like new, ev- everything's new. So the fact that there was growing pains for uh, 30 minutes of a 60 minute game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I I'm, I'm okay with that, but uh yeah, he seemed like he got a head on his shoulders with it. He made a couple highly questionable passes that maybe he got away with at Binghamton Young University. That uh, oh boy, he is not gonna fucking get away with against um the Carolina Panthers defense, nor some of the much better defenses you're gonna have to face uh later on in the season. But uh his arms there. We'll see if the rest follows. That seems to be the way the NFL scouting has been trending. Arm first, decision making later. That is all of our criticisms towards guys like Josh Allen. So, and look how he turned out. Great. So, yeah. anyway, Zach Wilson. I really hate that I also cannot avoid just the fallacy of treating a rookie's first ever game in the NFL as just the benchmark for how he's going to perform the rest of his career. And it's like, ah. Zach Wilson had a bad first half in the first ever NFL regular season game he's ever been to. Ah, he's fucked. It's okay. Back it in. Draft a new quarterback. 2022. 
Um, yeah. Which, I mean, he showed enough to still have all the hope in the world. So uh, my defensive rookie of the year, uh, I don't think this one's crazy. I don't think this one's a surprise. I don't think this one is unwarranted. Uh, Micah Parsons, man. I don't know how I could pick anyone else. Well, it's interesting that you picked Micah Parsons because I also picked Micah Parsons. <laughs> yeah, Micah Parsons, like really good football player playing in a premier or a starting role for a team that is, by God, going to need linebackers to tackle the ball carrier because nobody else will. Um, I think he's just primed to just get forced into the gladiator arena and the lion's den. And just have to feast with some tackle numbers. Wow, Mac Jones just threw a pretty ball downfield. Cool, 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 cool. Geez, all you talk about is Mac Jones's pretty balls. <laughs> uh, Mac Jones's balls in my mouth. I also what? knew you were going to pick Michael Parsons because he went to Penn State, and yeah, it was a pretty. I I had to contemplate who else I would pick if it was not going to be. Michael Parsons, you know, for defensive players taken in the draft before Michael Parsons, all you really have is J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina, who's currently on the Panthers, and uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Sertan, the second cornerback out of Alabama, who's currently on the Broncos. But winning that award as a cornerback is so tough because cornerback is the most difficult position on the field. Um, you have, in terms of, well, especially defense, you could probably make some arguments for quarterback because of all of the things a quarterback has to do, but in terms of actual production and making yourself noticed, unless you rack up a ridiculous amount of broken passes and interceptions, noticing mm-hmm. a cornerback's production is just so fucking hard. Um, in addition to the fact that being just being good at it is also incredibly fucking hard, uh, especially in a passer friendly league. So uh, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, I yeah, feel like in, in a year where there's no premier pass rusher, it's, really just going to go to whatever linebacker or safety makes an impact and just puts up tackle numbers because I, as much as I love JC Horn and, and Patrick Sertan, you're just going to have to get a stupid number of picks to steal this award, lock guys yeah. down. Oh yeah. Um, especially cause you know, tackles, tackle for losses, fumbles, force fumbles, I should say um, sacks. There's those are sexy numbers and there's a fucking bunch of them. The sexy numbers for 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 cornerbacks are just so fucking hard to accumulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um. So yeah. So I also have Michael Parsons. That brings us to uh, I have I'm left coach, coach of the year. I've coached the year and comeback player of the year. Yep. All right. Give me your coach of the year. Um. I think he will be the coach of a team that wildly defies the narrative that has been placed upon them will despite having a successful year last year it was widely viewed as you know unwarranted or undeserving um so i think he's gonna put together a hell of a season with his team and i think he's gonna you know beat expectations by a good amount and and put some respect back on the name josh do you have any guesses who this might be Mike Tomlin. Ah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, it's a good I, pick. Genuinely, Mike Tomlin's genuinely like I, I really think it, if the Steelers perform well this year and, and finish, you know, top two in the, 
division, push for a playoff spot, make a playoff spot, I think Mike Tomlin can really fight for this award because, face it, Big Ben is still 38 years old and not who he once was. I mean, it's 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 a great pick because Mike Tomlin's always a great pick because he's a very, very good head coach and he's going to the Hall of doesn't Fame. Hurt. But yeah, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. The, fir- the first guy I had in here was Mike McCarthy. And then I was like, that's a stupid fucking pick. Because <laughs> even if he does like go 13 and three, it's Mike McCarthy and everyone's 13 and like, four now. Right, right. Uh, I need to change some numbers then. Um, but it's just, no. Everyone knows it's not Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Um, I went with a Homer pick here because, again, I need someone to root for. So I went with uh, Robert Sala. Yeah. I mean, face it, if Zach Wilson wins MVP, that means the Jets have, or Offensive Rookie of the Year, excuse me. It means he has to be playing very well just based off of how good some of these rookies are. And that means they're going to have to win a handful of games. And that looks good on your coach. And also, I mean, like we saw this different sport, but we saw this with the 2017 Minnesota Twins where no one expected fucking anything of them. And then Rocco Baldelli took them to the wild card game where they lost to the Yankees. But (laughs) but still, like they were expected to be like a bottom feeder and then ended up winning, you know, upper 80s number of games and made the playoffs, which was something they absolutely weren't supposed to do. And so Rocco Baldelli ended up becoming manager of the year that year. And because when your expectations are so low for your team and the Jets have set expectations so excruciatingly low over the years, um, it really wouldn't take much for people to go like, oh, that coaching change or that new coach must have done a hell of a job. And like the Jets going on um, uh, like a, a decent enough run in the middle of their season. Like, you know, if, if eight, eight and eight and three run, that's a solid run in the middle of the year where they could still finish, you know, like, I guess, eight, and nine or some shit like that, where they lose the rest of the games that you you can have a run like that and finish weirdly just out of uh, uh, in the hunt graphic. And and people be like, oh, coaching must have really turned that thing around or, you know, a lot of things falling into place because of the coach, even though the team didn't you know succeed as much as other teams will have succeeded. So. Like what's what, what's more impressive, uh, you know, Robert Sala taking the Jets to an eight-win season after coming off the back of a one-win season, or the uh, or Bill Belichick, you know, coming in doing a ten-win season and you know, like what, like a twenty ten off the back of a fourteen-win season? It's it's the it's the low number right. to the high number every fucking time. Like, if the Jets win six, seven games this year. The Jets win seven games this year, go seven and ten, and the Steelers go, you know, fourteen and three. The Jets still improved by more scores, even though the Steelers went fourteen and three. We were bad. We were very bad. We were. We went eleven and zero last year and should not have. So it's all. It's all right there. Yeah. So. Robert Sala. I'm rooting for it. Um, it. All right. So I just lose this comeback player, right? Yep. I can't imagine we have to do this. Every every time you make the joke, my friend. I don't think I've made that joke before. You've made it so many times. And it is is literally a joke from like 2004. (laughs) Like, come on. 
That is correct, yes. So I'm pretty sure we have the same person for this. Who do you have? I have Dak Prescott. Oh, what a shock. Oh, who could have guessed it, folks? I had Saquon Barkley at first, and then I was like, I also I wrote Prescott. down Saquon Barkley <laughs> next to Dak Prescott just in case we wanted to do round two because I knew we would both have Dak Prescott, and I was like, I'm going to write down Saquon Barkley just for this exact fucking moment. So I also yeah. have Saquon Barkley down. I love I love that we're just the same person. I was like, oh, Saquon Barkley, of course, because obviously Penn State, Saquon Barkley, first one to think of. It's like, I have Dak Prescott as my MVP. Yikes. Um, I mean, hey, there's also, though, this is great for our odds. Dak Prescott, like, he was horribly hurt, and he's also an incredibly good football player who plays quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. He's going to get that attention. And we saw how the Cowboys played in his absence. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. Huge, huge uh, boost to his credentials there. The fact that that team is not as system or because like when the Patriots played really well after Brady tore his ACL, people were like, ah, Brady ain't shit. Look, the Patriots still won 10 games that season. Fuck Tom Brady. I was one of those people. It was a great day. Um, But the, I mean, the, the Cowboys collapsed. Like they are, they are, they were in shambles. They are held up by the, by, by nothing but the sheer will of Dak Prescott and his anger at also the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys. I want you to succeed for some reason just because I'm, I'm tired of seeing you just be completely inadequate. Like, I feel like the NFL is more fun when the Cowboys are good and they're fun to hate on. I just, it's hard to actively root for the Cowboys to be good, you know? It's a weird feeling. Mixed emotions. Eh, not for me. I hate them. Fuck them. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the dumpster fire that they were last year. I wish it was under not as dire circumstances because of Dak getting so hurt, but I did enjoy their misery. It brought me joy. It does. Yeah. Uh, you want to do some bold predictions now, or do you got something else? Let's predict some bold shit, buddy. Oh, wait, shit. Oh, we didn't yeah. pick um Super Bowl champs. Kansas City Chiefs over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are you on rematch? Yeah. All right. Well, this is bold predictions, so let's go wild, wacky, and weird. Uh, I will say Cleveland Browns. Not terrible. Over the Dallas Cowboys. I honestly like it. I like it a lot, and I think that might be the most watched Super Bowl in history. Honestly? That would get my strict undivided attention. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the Super Bowl, so it always does. But at the same time, like, I would be hyped up to see the Cleveland Browns get their hearts ripped out. <laughs> or all of Texas get their hearts ripped out. It, there's really no losing. Yeah, truly, there's not. Um, like, Vegas would have a bet of everyone winning, and it doesn't matter. You win. It's free money. <laughs> it's a bank. It's a, this is, welcome to welcome to the uh, the first national trust of Las Vegas. Really, it's all a scam by by Al Davis to take your money to build another even shittier stadium. He's going to put he's going to take Mount Davis off of the Oakland Coliseum, fly it out to Vegas, and then just put it on the Raider Stadium. That's his plan. Are the Raiders at home today? Who cares? So I want to see their new stadium. They play yeah. tomorrow 
at... Oh, yeah, it's the first week of the year. They always play the Monday night game. It oh, feels it doesn't matter. All right, bold predictions. Bold predictions. I'm 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 starting, I guess, since you start with the awards. So my first bold prediction, and let me tell you, man, I'm I'm starting bold here. All right. You ready for this? I don't think you're ready for this, but I'm gonna share it with you anyway. Jameis Winston retains his volume production while cutting down uh, cutting his turnovers in half and finishes top five in MVP voting. I, if I could have predicted that, I would have. If I thought of that, absolutely. I wanna, I want a bold prediction. I want to double down on that too. Or I want odds <laughs> on that. Like I want in. You're in. We're both, we're putting money in the in the pot. Let's go. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so what? Do you think he has thirty-five and fifteen, or just finishes top five? Like, does he literally cut his? Uh, interceptions in half and like keeps up with you know getting the 30 touchdowns or is it so his last season his last full season i guess we'll we'll say because he he was with new orleans last year but he didn't really play much um was Mm -hmm. the 2019 season the the 30 30 season with 33 touchdowns and 30 ints i mean 33 touchdowns and 5100 yards with you know somewhere between let's say uh 12 and 16 12 and 17 interceptions that that's that's an MVP caliber season, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. So granted, that's there's a reason it's an MVP caliber season because not everybody just does that. But uh, I mean, if Jameis Winston has the freedom to kind of ball out, which I actually think Sean Payton would let him have um, and can just handle a little bit of ball control or, or uh, I don't know, decision-making, get, getting fucked over by receivers less, whatever the case may be. I mean, it'd be pretty fucking I fun. It. I can see it. All right. Lay one on me. Tom Brady. Yeah. This is top three in passing yards, touchdowns, and the Bucks to the best record in the NFC. You're really jerking off Brady heavy today, and I—it's not a good color. I have spent—I have spent so many years just fighting the man, and have lost every time. Why doubt? Why doubt what he can do? At this point, I just want to enjoy the fact that I get to watch the goat play football. I will never. I will never root for it. I, I'm I will not a Jets fan, so I don't care for his demise every year. I, I, will I never understand root this for prediction. Iron Dick Joe Flacco, but. <laughs> All right, but compare, comparing comparing my distaste for Brady and yours for Joe Flacco is like comparing right. getting shot in the nuggets with stubbing your toe, all right? Exactly. It is not, yeah. not the same thing. I laugh actively at Joe Flacco. Ugh. Ugh, I get out of here. All right, my next bull prediction <laughs> uh, is I wanted a mix of positive and negative ones because I feel like I only ever really do like negative ones. So here's a positive well, here's a, it's actually a mixed bag one for you. Mixed bag. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo turns into a complete stud this year, but still ends up getting benched for Trey Lance. So he balls out. But I, I, this is partially a question for myself of how much do coaching staffs script their season? And if there was an understanding that Trey Lance was going to take over the starting role at some point, would that happen no matter what, so long as they felt he was ready? Like, does Jimmy Garoppolo's 
stud of a season that I'm going to say he'll have for the first four to six games. Does that impact when they would be willing to start Trey Lance? Because it's not like baseball where you can send a guy down if the guy who is up in front of him is cooking. You know, you just if and you don't have to pay them a lot of money, you pay them their minor league salary. You know, they're not making their, their, their game clock isn't running. Their service time clock isn't running. It's the NFL. They're paying Trey Lance to sit on the bench to start anyway. It doesn't really matter that much from a money perspective. So I'm wondering how much would the script matter if they feel Trey Lance is ready to be a starter to just ease him into the role and let him start no matter what Garoppolo is doing. So that's my prediction. I don't think – I don't think they'd start Trey Lance if Jimmy Garoppolo is really balling out. I don't think – that they would take it away from the hot hand, especially giving it to a rookie, no matter how good he looks in practice. I mean, look, if Trey Lance is playing like an MVP caliber player in practice and Jimmy Garoppolo is playing super well and, you know, gets hurt or something. Okay. See that change. No problem. I just, I, I don't, if Garoppolo is playing super well, I just don't see that happening. As a, That's why I'm interested in seeing this as a, as a case study in if they have a script, which I don't know that they have. I'm just kind of guessing that they would as a contingency plan. If they have a script and Trey Lance looks good in practice, all that shit, mm-hmm. how willing would they be to adhere to it? And that would require Jimmy Garoppolo having a really good season and making that decision difficult. So that's where I'm yeah, landing with it. Okay. It'd be an interesting case with study. It. I'm with it. What you got? Davis Mills. Starts at least in many games this year as Deshaun Watson in Houston. That's General Mills, right? General Mills, yes. Um, he went to Army, graduated, fought in many wars, and has now retired from the military to uh, Yeah, he ranked up to the level of Captain Crunch, right? <laughs> <laughs> I started hating myself while I said it. <laughs> I didn't get it at first, and I was like, what? Oh. 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 Yeah, Dang. sorry. I wish I sorry. said that. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, this I made these predictions originally, like on Sunday, I think, on Monday, when it wasn't clear that Deshaun Watson was getting benched. We'll see. Obviously, it's a long season. There's 16 more games, but him being a healthy scratch week one and, you know, Trod Taylor playing really well, but at the same time, you know, Third, fourth round of rookie QBs usually don't start uh, year one, but I think he'll get one or two in there, and I don't think we see Deshaun Watson. Okay. Uh, for my next one, I have uh, – I'm not sure how bold it is or how much it is me wanting this to happen, uh, but that is that Minnesota becomes a basement-dweller team and Kirk Cousins gets benched at some point midway through the season. Um. Last year, Minnesota ended up finishing the year seven and nine, which is not basement dwellerish. Third place in their uh, division because they, you know, were playing in a relatively tough division, and um, it's tough to know what Detroit is on any given day. But uh, Green Bay should probably still be good, and you'd expect Chicago to make some improvements since they couldn't get worse at quarterback than they were last year. So that coupled with what has to eventually be a big Kirk Cousins step back because it's not like he's going to get better over time. I imagine we've seen his peak already. Um, Unless he gets like vaccinated to, and it gives him superpowers. Imagine he gets vaccinated and all of a sudden can like throw far 
or, you know, go through a second no. read or, you know, maybe run fast. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't at all. Or uh, he goes with the plexiglass route and has, a, and has, a, has a, his arms. He's like a tank. No one can take him down because he's surrounded himself with plexiglass and, and COVID positive. You remember when he's talking about that? He's going to have plexiglass in the office. I did. I just watched what was quite possibly the stupidest play I've ever seen. Where the Chiefs were punting. They punt the ball. It's down at like the one yard line, and a Chiefs player is going to pick it up and has it in his hands. And a Browns player comes over, and as he's going to pick it up, try to rip it away from him and run away with it. While there was like six Chiefs players all just surrounding it. It's a horrible idea. And initially, the play went as the Chiefs keep the ball, even though they both had their hands on it, and then ran it in for a touchdown because it was on the one-yard line. And to some extent, that would be the case. But they blew the play dead because he had touched the ball and downed it. But if So it doesn't count, and it's nothing play. It'll be forgotten. But if you're the Browns player... Why are you going for a ball that's about to get picked up by a Chiefs player when there's like six guys there? Also, so close to being a safety. A safety. Like it's it's so likely. Why would you want to put your team on essentially the farthest point of the field from your the end zone you need to be in? And you're running towards the end zone. So your momentum is carrying you that way if you trip up or fall into it anyway. And they're all right there. I just who was number eleven on the Cowboys or on the Browns? Oh my God, it's oh. Joe Flacco. <laughs> oh, I'm not that lucky in life. Let's see. Hopefully, I can find it quickly. This one doesn't have roster numbers. That's stupid. Here we go. Five, four, three. Donovan Peoples Jones, a Michigan man. I should. His known. middle name is Peoples. No, his last name Peoples hyphen Jones. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Michigan. Um, am I up or are you up now for? Another... Oh. Uh... I've said my first two. Oh, I said the Minnesota becomes a basement dweller. So you're up. Uh. They're not already. Not yet. They're they're mediocre, but I'm going for them to be subpar to bad. So coming into di- coming into today, my third prediction was that the Texans lose every game that isn't started by Deshaun Watson. Well, Terod Taylor won today, um, so I feel like in the spirit of actually following these throughout the season, um, I'm going to change it, but keep it. Within the theme of the prediction in the first place. But now that Jacksonville has lost to the Texans, the Texans will be cursed and will follow Jacksonville to what they did last year, where they won week one and lost the next 15 straight games. So I'm all in on the Texans losing the next 15. They might win week 17. I don't know. I can't predict that far into the future, but for the first 16 weeks, which or I may or may not have thought 30 minutes the into the season. future would be, would be pretty bold for you. So, yeah. yeah. 
Love you, buddy. Predicting what happens with my farts would be ideal if I could have anything. <laughs> Let me predict that. I stopped buying white underwear in the eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> I have one pair of white underwear, and every time I grab it, it's like, what do I think I'm going to have for lunch today? Okay, yeah, let's do it. You, your diet should not be so fragile <laughs> that you have to question what you're consuming day to day as to how much of it will end up in your fucking shorts, my friend. <laughs> I agree. I should not be living life like that. But unfortunately, that's where we are. Oh, buddy, I love you. Oh, I wish I could say the same. Um, I would also, just because I'm going to forget it, um, I would like to shout out the fact uh, that so many uh, NFL teams are going to score fewer points than the Blue Jays scored runs today. <laughs> it feels like it's worth a shout out that on opening day of the NFL season, um, so far, the Chiefs have not outscored the Blue Jays. Uh, the Broncos nor Giants combined have outscored the Blue Jays, nor have the Dolphins and Patriots combined. But in terms of games that have actually ended, um, the Blue Jays outscored the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Washington Chargers, sorry, the Washington, the uh, Los Angeles Chargers and the Washington football team. They outscored the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts, the New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers, um, the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills and the Atlanta Falcons. Actually, they outscored the Falcons by a factor of three and a half. Then meaning that the Falcons need to triple plus another half of their total, um, their score to match what the Blue Jays did to the Orioles today. And that just, it just feels like it's worth shouting out because, oh my God. Yes. That on opening day, a baseball team scored more um, units of measurement <laughs> than, because <laughs> you can't call, you can't call runs points. Everyone gets very mad, rightfully so. Um, but that a, a baseball team scored more units than many NFL teams did. I will say there was at one point a seven inning stretch where they scored 33 runs, which is just an absolutely absurd number. Yeah. 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 They, uh, they scored uh, 16 runs in the first three innings, including a 10 run third, and then just kind of walked it in from there. After oh, man. An 11 run inning yesterday. Stupid. Just dragging their balls, man. All right. Anyway, let's uh, let's bring it in. My next bowl prediction is uh, is a scheduled post. It happens every single year. Uh, everyone knows what this one's going to be. Uh, Tampa Bay falls apart at the seams, starting with Tom Brady showing his age. Will it happen this year? Eventually, this has to be right unless he retires before it happens. But I'm hoping that it doesn't happen so we can all witness the fallibility of Tom Brady. And his stupid ass, pliable ass, sun kissing on the mouth ass, weirdo face. <laughs> How's that working out so far this year? I mean, if it wasn't for that OPI call, they would have lost week one, just saying. Uh, I missed week one because I forgot that it was going on. So that's where I'm in my life. I missed week one because I was watching baseball and some things are more important to me than uh, NFL games that don't involve my team. I don't know what I was doing yesterday. I missed it. Clearly nothing important. Just check your searches. Yeah, I'm sure you'll find something. Oh. <laughs> All right, give me your next bold prediction. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> number four, Trevor Lawrence finishes the year 
as the worst rookie quarterback in passing yards per game. Wow. I will say, I'm going to say this is out of um, the first round QBs taken. Because if, you know, Kellen Mond or Davis Mills comes in and, and plays like a half, I don't want that, you know, those numbers to come in here into play. Um, it's out of the first round picks when they start. I was going to do total, but because only like two of them are actually starting for their teams, or three of them, I should say, uh, I'm going to do it per game. Okay. Not looking too hot. He did very well today. Right. Um, yeah, but they still lost, so maybe maybe that's the sign. Uh, my next one, my, my next one, I have to give myself a caveat on already. Um, so I wrote down that the Raiders make the playoffs on the back of a weirdly good Derek Carr season because I feel like I haven't really thought about Derek Carr much recently, and therefore my lack of object permanence decided that he's been just mediocre. Um, <laughs> and you know, did you, Corbin, were you aware that Derek Carr has had three straight seasons of 4,000 passing yards or more? No. Three straight seasons of 4,000 or more passing yards. He didn't even play all 16 games last year. Uh, yes, he did. Okay, well, then Marcus Mariota had some really good halves that seemed like they blended in well he has not missed a start since 2017 jesus raiders they actually might be somebody be something at some point and so i don't know what a weirdly good season then is because 4,000 yards is already pretty good so maybe like 4,500 but if you threw 4,100 the year before, like Derek Carr just did, um, and 27 touchdowns, then like 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns isn't all that inconceivable. So the only way for I think this to come for this to come true, which would honestly be a blast, would be if Derek Carr threw 5,000 yards and like 35 touchdowns. Um, and what was his interceptions last year? Only nine. How are we not talking about Derek Carr more? Last year, 4,100 yards. He does wear mascara. It's a, it's a fact. He wears it while he plays and somehow doesn't run into his eyeballs, but no one knows. Um, 4,100 yards, 27 touchdowns, and only nine interceptions. How have we missed Derek Carr for like three years? Not that he's like some unknown you know, rube, but like we haven't talked about him like that. I Man. think networks just don't want to put his face up on ESPN and, you know, they always have that picture-in-picture picture image. I just don't think they want to blast him up there. He looks like the kind of guy that would go to an insane, insane clown posse show. He looks like Mac dressed up as the Nightman from Always Sunny. He looks like he's like, what are magnets even made of? Or whatever that song is like. Do you remember that song? No, what are magnets even made or of? Or like, how do magnets even work? Or some shit like that. It used to be a meme in like the OG days of memes. Or it's, uh, but it was like a, it was from like some super weird and insa- I mean they're all weird, insane clown posse song. I think I have to listen to the insane clown posse one time because I haven't I haven't listened to it since that song. I need to remind myself how I have a vivid recollection of that music video being um, simultaneously doing so much and also looking like it was made in MS Paint by a guy who just discovered it. So. I, I think I I think I need to rewatch that for for uh, memory's sake. 
Yeah, we should you all watch. Send me a link. No, you I'm going to send you me. many links. I'm going to send you a whole bunch of links. Just to uh, just to cut in here, uh, Max Scherzer just threw his 3,000 career strikeout against nobody else but Eric Hosmer of all people. And the San Diego Padres. He's also throwing a perfect game currently. Well, that's scary. Yep. There you go, Padres. Yay. Have a ball. How'd the Reds do today? Mm. Oh, they lost. Wow. Jay Happ won a game in which his team allowed no runs. How? Oh, my God. Reds, what are you doing? (laughs) I don't even know what that means. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could hit a home run off of Jay Happ at this point. You no. should. I should. Yeah. Let me go do that. Let me go link up with Jay. What? Hold on. Oh, man. The, uh, like two seconds left in the half. The Browns threw a screen pass that went for like 70 yards. And then right as the receiver was getting tackled, crossing the 10. He pitches it back to Baker Mayfield, of all people, who just takes it and shoots off and goes down at like the five where he passes it to Greenpon, who gets taken down. But it was almost a wild play. Almost sports center top one. Almost. So close almost. to greatness. Give me your next ball Instead, prediction. it will be forgotten. Three teams from the NFC West make the playoffs – with the 49ers going from worst to first. Yeah, that'd be fun. Nice to see the 49ers be good. I do like the 49ers. I like Kyle Shanahan. He just happens to coach at the 49ers. Just happens to work there. (laughs) I think it's not like he's a fucking concession stand worker. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I like the Niners. My my, my boy works at the pretzel stand there, so it's pretty cool. Give me some fucking dipping Dots. It's the ice cream of the future for 20 years, 30 years, however long dipping Dots have been around for. Too uh, long. I too feel long. Like that, that could be something that has either been around for 80 years or like came out in 2006 and we just feel like it's just stuck around forever because they've just never disappeared. Technically, anything is always of the future as long as you promise a new reverse. Like high-speed rail is considered the travel of the future, but it's like we we've had trains forever. I think the first man came to the planet on a, on a, tr- on a train. Yeah. God was like, let there be man. And then some fucking, let there be coal combustion through. engines. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think if you dig just, just below the dinosaur bones, you'll find, uh, train tracks. <laughs> comets, comets didn't kill the dinosaurs. High speed rail did. <laughs> oh God, I really want to watch uh, the Simpsons monorail episode now. Which one's? I don't remember that one. Oh, where this guy sells Springfield on monorail, but he's like a snake oil salesman. <laughs> It's a really good episode. You should watch it. I don't want to quote it because I'm not funny and would just ruin it. <laughs> Marge versus the monorail. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so I guess Dippin' Dots could always yeah. be the ice cream of the future, especially if no one else is trying to revamp ice cream. 
or different dots could do more things. Bigger dots, smaller dots. I don't know. Bigger dots would just be regular ice cream. That would be pretty funny, though. All right, hold on. Would you buy? So let's say this is very off topic, but let's say you're an ice cream cone enthusiast. Okay, you with me so far? Sure. The only way you eat ice cream is via the cone. You're a total cone head. Yeah. Would you buy if like Dippin' Dots or someone sold them preformed ice cream balls, perfectly cone sized? Are they the same ice cream as Dippin' Dots? Or it could be any ice cream. Circular ice cream. If it's any ice cream, sure. If it's like price has to be a consideration. I'm not spending more for this convenience, but if I'm spending the same amount for the same type of ice cream that just happens to be perfectly formed, sure, why not? But if it's the dipping dot ice cream, I say, no way, Jose. Trying to, like, you can't lick that ice cream because it's frozen solid. How would they, uh, uh, hold you have on. to have like bite into it every time. And that just, no way. New question. How sure. would they package perfectly round ice cream balls? Because it wouldn't be in the box. <laughs> like, it wouldn't be in the tub because it would be all that dead space. Imagine you open up the ice cream tub and you just, like, shake all the balls of ice cream out. So would it be sold in, like, an egg carton kind of situation? Ooh. Right? That would Either, make more sense. I feel like it, that would just also be, like, an egg carton uses more material than just a cardboard box. Because but less, less empty, crack. less, less dead space. Less dead space, sure. But I don't think they give a shit about dead space when it comes to materials. I think they would just come in like plastic sleeves, rounded plastic sleeves that are just like the circumference. Like a, like a Pringles situation. No, individual. Like you buy them uh. individual. Although the Pringles situation, now that Basically, has some merit. Like, like tennis balls. Basically like I tennis balls. Even yeah. No, 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 no. Fuck tennis balls, even though it's a significantly better <laughs> representation of what it would be. The Pringles can. I like this. Would you buy Pringles ice cream? Like Pringles, Pringles flavored for ice some, cream. So my favorite chip of all time is Bait Place. I just, I could eat them by the bag. Pringles, objectively, are the same thing. Worse, but like the same I love style. I love Pringles. I have never once eaten a Pringle and not upset my stomach. I don't know why. It is just a processed chip paste formed into the shape of that whatever. I get sick, like sick, sick every time I have a Pringle. One, five, an entire sleeve. So I only learned in the grand scheme of my life very recently that they were formed in that shape and not cut with the utmost precision to be that shape. <laughs> I spent so long being like, how do they cut all these so exactly the same? And it turns out the answer is they fucking do not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Anyway, that was enough deviation. I think into snack. Foods. I, I want to like Pringles. I really do. They just, I love, I, I love a Pringle. I could Pringle all day. All right. My next bold prediction might be my boldest prediction in a while, Corwin. You ready for this? 
It's something that has not happened in almost 30 years. The Bengals win a playoff game? The Cowboys to win a playoff game. <laughs> you are incorrect, sir. It is. The Cowboys haven't been to a conference championship game since When did they win a playoff game? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember specifically. I looked it up because that's also my bulk commission. Is it really? That's my 10th one. That was my last one. That was my finale. Oh, wow. I really cut you off at the knees there, didn't I? Cowboys playoff. Yeah, I was going to say, we're both definitely looking this up right now. Yeah. Cowboys playoff history, pro football reference. One, so January 5th, 2019, wild card versus the Seahawks. 2019? What, Josh, yeah. I'll tell you what. I wrote this down as the Cowboys win the playoff game for the first time and then looked it up and realized, oh, that's not true. There's no way. I refuse to believe that the Cowboys won a playoff game in very recent history. I refuse to believe this. Beat them 24-22 on January 5th, 2019. Uh, yeah. Is this and then real? They won one in 2015, 2010. 1996. All right, so I will amend mine to say conference championship then. Okay, so. Go to a conference championship. <laughs> All right, my prediction. Cowboys make it to conference championship for first time since 1995. So I would just like Ooh. to speak to how powerful that, that idea was in my mind that I was so sure they hadn't won a game since 96. I didn't even look it up. I looked up Derek Carr. To make sure that he wasn't having secretly good seasons because I didn't have as much confidence in that one. But I was dead fucking certain that the Cowboys had not won a single playoff game in my active waking life. And they did it two years ago. But how like how much is even on top of that when we both wrote this down and I just happened to look it up? This is our Bernstein Bears moment. This is the Mandela effect is this is the strongest case I've ever seen. I mean, this other I, than the fact that Nelson Mandela has been dead for 60 years. That's not true. Didn't he die in the 90s? I thought he died like five years ago. I thought the Nelson Mandela effect was that he died and he's been alive for forever. Oh, God, we are really bad at this. He died, yeah, he died Justin in 2013. Mandela. Yeah. <laughs> we are re- recreating the Nelson Mandela effect as we're talking about the Nelson Mandela effect. Wait, is it the Mandela effect? I thought it was the Mandala effect. Shut up. No, I'm being completely serious. No, it is the Mandela effect. Oh, <laughs> uh, this, what is happening? Okay, yeah, so it is based on Nelson Mandela thinking this that is, people he that this is ridiculous. People thought he died in South African prison in the 80s, and it turns out he lived and became the president of that nation. All right, all right. So that was mine. We we went through a whole Odyssey to get there. Corwin, tell me your next bull prediction. Corwin. Cor- All right, so what is your uh, what you got next? Boy, I need to pull my stuff back up. Which one are we on? 
Um, I just said my sixth. So you should be on six as well. Got it. So number six for me, uh, the Ravens finished the season third in the AFC North, missed the playoffs, and are within two games of 500. So essentially, I think they're going to finish in the nine to seven to seven and nine range. Now, do you come to this conclusion Wait. because of something with their quarterback situation or? Uh, the injuries, the long-term injuries that they have all over the field, um, questions I have with Lamar Jackson staying non-COVID positive and uh, just uh, some, I'll say some regression in uh, overall defense. Okay. You good, buddy? Um, yeah, now I am. I just need to throw my computer down a flight of stairs. I'm using my good work computer today, so I don't know what's going on. I guess you're just getting fucked. Let's try to just power through this then. Yeah. Uh, all right. My next bowl prediction is that the Rams finally look like the team they are on paper and win their division with ease. Now, that's not to say that the Rams have not had some very good seasons since they started putting together a seemingly capless roster of all-stars or all-pros, but it has oftentimes not seemed like the easiest successes that a team could have, given in in part due to the success of their uh, other teams in their divisions, but also because they haven't quite gotten their production at a quarterback that they would want. And seeing as they made a change, one would assume would be positive that maybe this is the season where they just go like on a ridiculously stupid run and, you know, win like 10 straight or some goofy shit and just run away with it. And it's like never a question about who wins the division. Mm. Um, Bold. Yes. Cause that division is still very fucking good, but uh, Hey, why not? We're bold predictioning. Here we go. Um. Oh, yeah, you know what? I think it's nice to have, you know, bold predictions that aren't necessarily just to be correct. It's nice having ones that you could track and, and kind of keep up on and, and things like that. But ones that also just happen to start a lively discussion. Fun. Give me your next one there, big buddy. Fine. I say that while Mark Ingram is What in say a, you? I say this. I say despite, Mark Ingram. Um, can you repeat this all as I go? Mark Ingram. No. <laughs> okay. Well, in his own running back by committee, still outproduces any singular Ravens running back. That's been his jam for the past like four years. I feel like we keep hearing that Mark Ingram is joining like a running back by committee. Or no, am I thinking of the other Ingram? No, Mark Ingram. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, he doesn't need to be the guy. And then he's just the guy everywhere he goes. He's just the guy. Well, very much true. I think he's like 31 now. I know, I know. And that's tough. For, that's tough. I don't think he's going to be a Frank Gore. You don't think he's going to end up on the Jets for like a season? I don't think he's going to end up playing with his son, no. Let's hope not. <laughs> um, all right, my my next one, you're going to hate this one. I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I felt like a good one to predict, so here we are. Uh the, the once a decade turn 
that the Bengals win their division is this season. Oh, that's gross. Feels like also, once every decade, the Bengals just like run into a 14 and two season that pops up out of nowhere. They win their division. Everyone's like, okay. And then they get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. And uh, hey, why not make that this year? Uh, so gross. I don't like it. I knew you'd hate it. I knew you'd. And especially because of the Bengals, obviously they have Joe Burrow. So there's been a lot of attention paid to them. But in terms of the, you know, rebuild, the rebuild story has very much so been the Browns. The come out of nowhere story has really been the Ravens the past few years. And then the longstanding success have been the Steelers. Not that the Bengals are some, you know, diamond in the rough that no one's paid any attention to, but it would be a hilarious uh, turn of events if they just weirdly took their division seemingly out of nowhere with a bunch of like nail biting games that they just happened to win. Like when the Mariners would go on like a 20 game stretch where they go like 16 and four, but they'd win every game by one run and lose every game by like 90. And you go like, well, it's a win streak, but your run differential is like negative 20. So we don't really know how you did it, but good for you. Why not the Bengals? I hate you. You're welcome. Next up for me that I don't like all that much after watching the Steelers play today. Najee Harris outrushes Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. Ezekiel Elliott and Alvin Kamara with this isn't a part of the the prediction as far as counting correctness, but I think the two guys he is behind is Derek Henry and Nick Chubb. I really don't like this prediction after today, but I will remind myself it is week one. Anything can happen, big buddy. Anything can happen. I made a prediction uh, on the back of their weirdly good performance today. And I could be wrong about a detail of this, but I also don't care enough about the Texans to have researched it. And I'm fully willing to admit that. And that is that the Texans have a massive bounce back season, even though it seems like nothing much really changed. I think the Texans are truly one of the worst teams we've seen in football in recent memory. And I think they're going to suffer. But am I right though, that it seems like that roster is like, more or less the same like they're, they're not going to be playing uh, their uh, fucking uh, God, Deshaun Watson and the, like, they traded away Shaq Lawson to the to the Jets but like that's that's all I can think of really the problem is I don't know their roster to begin with because they're just nobodies that I can't say either way all right so that seems no like nothing changed no all right <laughs> all right so if they have a mountain bounce back season with seemingly nothing have changed this one's right and um, I, I enjoyed that level of randomness I, again, point to 2017 Minnesota Twins. So, all right. Nice, nice. Uh, my final prediction. Yes. The Cowboys flipped the their one? record. Have too many? Uh, I said my last one because it was the Cowboys winning the conference championship. But I still have one more. Nice start. Right. You started. You have one left. Oh, I I, 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 I misinterpreted your syntax there. All right, all good. Mm. What? Me speak English bad? What? Words order not in? (laughs) The Cowboys flip their record from 2020, win the division, and make the playoffs. Mike McCarthy doesn't win coach of the year because everyone knows it's not because McCarthy. That's funny because last year, year seven. Yeah, I, I would also be hard-pressed to say that if the Cowboys win, anyone would assume it's because of Mike, Carth- Mike McCarthy. 
everyone everyone would make the obvious conclusion that oh Dak Prescott is here now. Yes. Oh man, Mike McCarthy, how does he have a job? All right, my uh, my last one is that Jared Goff in Detroit now becomes Matt Stafford in that he only collects meaningful stats in blowout losses in the fourth quarter. Did you write that just now? No, I had that. Why? That's what he did today. Did he really? I didn't look at that game. They were down by like 30 points and came back to within one score. No, they did. With two minutes less. My bold prediction is so far happening. <laughs> All right. It's so stupid. I, yeah, it, it is, which is why I predicted it and which is why it will come true. It's fucking dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Love it. <laughs> Anything else you want to add about this glorious NFL season that's finally started? We're out of predictions, unless there's any wild claims you still want to make. Uh, well, I love making wild claims. Uh, I, I, I contemplated doing a non-on-the-field one, something about how the NFL would do something either outreach-related that could be seen as positive or negative, positive being like the uh, the SpongeBob Nickelodeon wildcard game that they're bringing back this year that actually is super fun. I'm looking forward to that again. Um, Who do you think is going to win MVP? Win what VP? Oh, MVP for Nickelodeon. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I know Mitch Trubisky won it last year, and it was like, of course he did. Oh, man. I don't, I don't even like care. Who's that? Who's uh, the Honey Badger? He'll take it. Okay, you gave me a real answer. I'll take it. Yeah, he seems like a fun guy. I could see him having fun with. Uh, I could see him having a really f- good game and then having a lot of fun with all the goofy shit. Uh, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is my pick. Is he in football? Don't know. It's my pick though. Joe Flacco could walk into I think any of the thirty-two NFL teams' um, headquarters on the day of a game, and everyone would be like. Joe, are you on this team? And he, he could just be like, yeah, yeah, I am. And everyone would just go, oh, okay. I didn't quite realize. I guess that would happen. Like, I think anyone totally just, working for an NFL team would believe that Joe Flacco was on the roster just without checking. I think anyone but Bill Belichick, because I think Bill Belichick just is the type of person that would just see Joe Flacco standing there and just be like walking by. No, and just keep going. I think Bill is the type of guy who would let him hit the field, and then if he plays well in a practice, he'd be like, all right, all right he's on the team him. now. Or if he <laughs> plays poorly, he goes up to Joe Flacco, like he just got sacked, his iron dick is hanging limp, and he just goes up to him being like, you ain't even supposed to be here. Get the fuck off my gridiron. You know, like some mean shit. Um, and then Joe Flacco would leave. But I, th- I think I think Bill would let him ride it out a little bit. I respect it. I respect it. But I don't know. I, I contemplated some of those like off the field ones, you know, or maybe something to do with uh, a new perspective or, or a new method, a new program for you know, racial outreach and and to in some recognition of events since the um, Colin Kaepernick blacklisting from the game. But it's so tough to predict those, and it, it it'd be such a sad prediction if I was to make one because it wouldn't be positive. I mean, NFL has given us no reason to think it'd be a positive one that. I decided I think it'd just be easier 
for everyone's sanity and uh, emotions if I didn't. So I decided not to, but they were on my mind too. I, I, I think with this, it was just easier to stick with on the, the field stuff. So it's where I mostly kept it. But yeah, I mean, down, do you have anything else you would expect to see out of a season that wasn't uh, on field related? It's tough to call those things. Yeah. Like it's what makes them wild is because of the crazy aspect of it. Like that's just the nature of it. You do you have a team in mind who's going to finish with the first overall pick next year? You want to put the worst worst team? We should. We pick Super Bowl winner. We should pick Mm -hmm. worst record too. We should. I would. I would write that down. Uh, yeah. Let me let me add a a section from here as well. Um, all right. My team, obviously, Texans. All right. I am going to uh, – Texans isn't bold enough. We must be bolder. I will go oh, – but there's no bold picks for worst team. I'll go Colts. Yes, there is. There can absolutely be some bold picks. Let's make it happen. I already have the Texans status finishing. Uh, I can hedge my bets here. I can go wild. Worse in my position. Chiefs. <laughs> Not stupid. Well, I'm stupid. I'm not that stupid. Man, it's really just pick a team from the AFC South. <laughs> I mean, that oh, is what I just did. They genuinely have three arguably worst teams in football right now. Um, I, I'm going to have to stick with the Texans then just because it just doesn't seem plausible right. that these teams are – like. Well, I got an advantage over you week one because you picked the Texans, they win. I picked the Colts, they lost. So, so far. That's what's bold about my prediction. I'm picking a team with an undefeated record. All right. That's pretty bold. That is bold. I'll give give you that. They are an elite company in week one of the undefeated. Joe Flacco. Light Joe Flacco. Uh, All right. Then let's wrap it up. If, uh, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. If you would like to follow Corwin on Twitter, you can do so at Corwin Heller. And myself on Twitter at Joshua D. Tracy. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. And until Thursday, y'all have a good one. <laughs>